All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. We're doing it. We're really doing it, Tim. Thank you for joining us, everybody. The drop in the gloves, a Tuesday edition, Tim. We we took an extended holiday from the Easter week, and I needed it. I really needed it, and I hope you guys forgive me. After an Easter weekend, Tim, after a holiday weekend, I need that day. You know what I mean? I just I just need the day to compress. You don't understand what it's like. The the pressure that goes into a holiday with kids, six kids all under the age of 10 with a wife who's seven months pregnant. There's a lot. There's a lot I was doing. I was making dinners. I was up late at night getting things ready for the Easter bunny. It was it was a lot of work, but it was worth it. It was a good weekend. We didn't do the Easter egg hunt just because it's a lot of work. They do one at church. I figured that was enough. So we just, you know, the Easter bunny set out a whole plethora of stuff. But man, it was a good, it was a good weekend, Tim. What about you? get into any trouble uh no my my mom was hoping to come down she had kind of been planning it and she my uncle works for her brother works for american Airlines, so she's like the flights are crazy expensive i'm just gonna do standby and just hope i get on a flight and there were 10 flights from boston to charlotte that day and so she was there early like 5 a.m like shuttle uh for the seven o'clock flight and didn't make it the next one's at 8 30 and that one got delayed by like six hours. And so everyone from that flight was like scattered around the rest of the flights of those days trying to get on. And so the standby people had no chance. So she ended up making it down, which is a bummer. Um, she'll come down soon. But instead, I went uh, hiking uh, to that same mountain I hiked last month. A lot of fun. Took the dog. I haven't shared that. I posted on social media, but I have a dog now. His name is Levi. He's awesome uh rescue dog he's about six years old the lab mix and we hiked the mountain which was a lot of fun and so we made our own little little holiday couple questions um <laughs> okay do you have a bumper sticker that says i didn't rescue my dog he rescued me who rescued who yeah no, I don't. not no. yet no bumper stickers i'm very excited because i i've seen levi i didn't know that was the dog's name levi did you pick the name or did the dog come pre-named no, I picked it. He so they don't know where he came from. I I think he just got dropped off or found on the street or something. Uh, and so there's no records of him before February. 
And so they don't know. They don't really know his age. They don't know his name. They gave him a name, Doby or Dobby or something. And I didn't like that. So yeah, Levi's his name. He's the Jack Reacher of dogs. He's got no Very mysterious. He's not in the systems. He doesn't. It's weird because like, I don't think he was abused, but he's got some scars like all over his face. And he didn't know words like walk or treat. He didn't know any tricks, like all the stuff that you think, even like puppies know that stuff. So, yeah, I don't you know. You should what try it mysterious. in different languages. Try it in German. Tim. <laughs> Ooh, maybe. maybe you might have a, a, a pretty badass dog on your hands. You don't even know. Uh-uh. He's sleeping. He's sleeping. He likes to sleep. He's a party animal up all night. Second question. Does it hurt your feelings that your mom's lying to you about going to the airport at 630 in the morning? Oh, Tim, I'm trying to get a flight when she's just like she's snoozing in bed or she went out the night before or it up. Yeah. Do you believe that story that she was trying to get a flight? Tim, I do believe it. Although now that I think about it, you never sent me a picture from the airport where it's like, oh, look at the line or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, we're going to have a conversation. I'll tell you that. There's a pretty high probability. She just didn't get up that morning and she's like, oh, no, <laughs> sorry. Tim. She, she, she did send a, a care package, though, with some candy, Easter candy for me and some toys for Levi. Well, that's nice. So she knew ahead of time she wasn't going to make it. So that's smart. (laughs) That's smart. She covered her tracks. Very good. Well, it was it was a good Easter for you. It sounds like you got to go out with Levi. I had some fun with the kids and it was a good weekend for dropping the gloves. We released that Pronger interview. Got a lot of positive feedback. Everybody loves them. Some Chris Pronger. I'll say this. I could have talked to him for another hour and a half. I don't usually I like all the interviews, friends of the show. I was very interested in Chris Pronger for whatever reason. It, w- it was a, uh, it was a good talk. He's an interesting dude. I'm excited to see, not excited. I'm interested to see where he goes. If, if he kind of keeps down this Twitter path, I don't know how long that can last. Like how, you know what I mean? Like the financial conversation, that's great, but there's only so many avenues that can go. I, I, I don't know. I hope he doesn't go the Chris Pronger route or not the Chris Pronger, the uh, Jeremy Roenick route, where he's just like a, you know, a guy who just exposes people like of all the inner workings of the NHL and everybody just thinks he's a douche, but I don't know. I don't think he will. He seems like a pretty, pretty good dude. What did you think of it? Oh, it was great. And I agree. Like we had an agenda. I don't think we got through half of the items on that thing because one, you know, he's got the stories. It takes a little longer. And two, we had all these other questions we didn't plan for, but he'll say something that's like, Oh, I got to ask him about that. So yeah, it was a great interview. Very smart guy. I don't know what his, what his long-term plans are either, but whatever it is, people will follow because he's got something to say and, and he's a good he's a good authority figure on a lot of these topics. He is. Very good. Go go give it a listen if you haven't listened to it. Tell your friends, too, because it was a great interview. Tim, who's got the most empty net goals in the NHL? Uh, Alex Ovechkin. He does. He's got nine. Nine empty net goals. That's a big number. Does that take away from his his 48 goals to date? What do you think? Because I made a bold proclamation at the beginning of the season. Oh, he's only going to get 30 goals. You know, it, it was a stretch. I truly believed it, but he's had a great season. I'll give him that hat tip to Alex Ovechkin. 48 stick taps, stick taps hat tips, whatever you kids want to do these days. He's got 48 goals minus nine. Pretty good. 
That's 39. <laughs> 39 normal goals. You know what I mean? Do you give him the accolades for 48 or do you put him somewhere around 39, 40? Like, because Austin Matthews has 58 goals. How many empty netters do you think Austin Matthews has? Uh, seven. He's got four. He's only got four. That's that's a normal number. Do you think Washington's going out of its way to put Alex Ovechkin on the ice to get him empty net goals? Because that's a high number. I don't know what the Can't highest they... empty netters for all time is, but that's a big number. You know you think, that do you is? like that? He is that is the most empty netters in a single season. What's the next highest? Yeah, uh, he's tied with Burray for also has nine. And then it, and it's scattered. You got one player, Kachuk, Keith Kachuk had eight. Sveshnikov, Grabner, Lemieux with seven, and you got a whole bunch of guys with six. So it's pretty – it's all over the place. If you're a coach, do you purposely put Ovechkin on the ice when it's an empty net just to pump up his goals, his goal totals? Because he's not known as a, a defensive specialist. Why do you think they do that? Because Wayne Gretzky was in the same boat. Wayne Gretzky has the most empty net goals of all time at 56. But then the rest of the list is, you know, Marion Hosa, Jerome McGinley, Stahl, Marchand, Jumbo, Bur- Pavel Burry. There's a lot of guys on this list. I wonder if skilled players talk to the coach and just say, hey, I need to, I want to get some goals. Put me on the ice. I don't understand the reasoning behind that because a lot of these guys didn't kill penalties. Like Mario Lemieux is fourth. He didn't kill penalties. Wayne Gretzky's first. He didn't kill penalties. I don't think Ovechkin's on the first PK unit. Why are they all of a sudden out there when there's an empty net? I think there's something to this. I don't, I don't think this is just a coincidence. I do feel like coaches get pressured by the GM or the player to put these guys on the ice just to get an easy goal. Patrick Kane's on the list for Pete's sake. He's not out there in the PK. I don't, I don't understand this. Why would you put these guys on the ice? With the risk of getting the game tied up, I don't know. What do you think about this, Tim? Am I onto something? Maybe I don't know. I, I this is all kind of new. I I do think there's something to this season with Ovechkin. I do think there's something there where the coach maybe is helping him a little bit. And I wonder how many of those top goals that he scored were one goal game versus two goal games. Because I bet he's been out there for more two goal games, right, than one. Um, yeah. But either way, I don't know. The goal's a goal. We can't we can't discredit. We don't, we don't do that with, any, with anyone else. So, listen, I've scored an empty net goal in the NHL. I don't know anybody else in the show who has, but I have. <laughs> I don't and think I've I ever in any, in any league I've ever scored an empty net goal. And think. when people ask me all of my goals, I say five. I don't say four because I count that empty net goal. And now of course you should. If I was really being a, a pig about it. I would say seven, and I would count my two all-star game goals. But I don't. I say five. <laughs> but I should say Wait, seven. Wait, what about preseason? How many preseason oh, man. goals? I have more preseason points than I do regular season points because I just lit up preseason because I got more ice time. So how many goals do you I, think, though? In preseason? And how many games? How many goals and how many games? Well, per game, I got way I think I got one preseason goal. I got a lot of assists. I got a lot of assists. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I did. I really, okay. really did. And I'm not just, you can go back and look at the numbers. I probably played, I played so many preseason games. I remember in my later stages of my career, they made a rule where you had to dress a certain amount of veterans. My first few seasons, they didn't do that. And you could just throw the rookies out because the vets don't want to play in the preseason. They want to get ready. They want to maybe play one or two games and then save it for the regular season. You get hurt, you, you pull muscles. It's just a whole deal. 
But the NHL put in this rule midway through my career saying you have to dress at least six veterans every single game. And the vets didn't want to play. So the latter part of the preseason, you'd be getting back-to-backs. You'd be doing two and three. You'd be doing four and six. I would play every stinking game. And I would be exhausted because I was, you know, I was nobody. I was a fourth line guy. I was a seventh defenseman. So they would plug me in everywhere and I would just be getting run down. I'd be getting high minutes. I'd be playing the penalty kill. I'd be trying to, everybody would try to fight me to make the team. It was the worst later in my career where I was just like, man, this is brutal. Why don't they sit me? It's like, well, no, you can't. You got to play. They were playing me and Nick Boynton and like these guys who had been around the league and they didn't really care about Sean O'Donnell when I was in Chicago, like just old grizzled guys. But yeah, that's where I got all my points. Because I would play 20, 25 minutes, I would get a little, well, I would get a little power play time when I was on forward. I'll say that. They just go sit in front of the net. We'll, we'll do an experiment. And it was fun, but that's, I, I do think, gosh, how many points did I get in the regular season? 10, 12, maybe? 11, I can't even. 11. 11. I probably got 15 preseason points. If you go back and add them all up, don't go back and add them all up. But if you did, add them all up. But uh, back to Ovechkin. What are they saying, Tim? Because listen, uh, the Washington fans are the worst and the best kind of fans. Where the worst, but they also are the best because they're very passionate and they enjoy their team. I love playing in Washington. The rink is rocking. They got that the red the Red Sea or whatever they call it. It was a very enjoyable place to play. But they're also the worst because they're just children. You know what I mean? They just really they're like a dog on a bone. They just can't let it go. What are they saying? I bet you they're loving this, those dummies in Washington. It's been nonstop. I mean, it, it's been a little bit nonstop throughout the season. He scores a goal, especially in the earlier parts of the season when he went on that run. But, yeah, the last 24 hours have been tough for our podcast mentions and your DMs and everything. It's just a lot of, a lot of insults, a lot of uh, trying to get old takes exposed to, to put your, your video out and – yeah, it's not stop. The one I didn't like too is the picture you posted of your little girls on Easter yesterday, and yeah. people were commenting on that, calling you a clown, and like, oh, we scored forty eight, and your takes are horrible, and all this stuff. It's like, okay, but the time I like it. Don't leave, I enjoy leave that image it. alone. It's good engagement with the fans. I don't post much, you know. I'm not a big Instagram guy. I try to keep it low profile, but I'll throw the ones up for the kids every once in a while. I don't let them, let them chirp. It's funny. You know, he, he has the benefit Alex Ovechkin of playing in a system he's comfortable in. He's a terrific score. I think the best goal scorer we've ever seen in the NHL, but they, they do force him the puck. He's been able to sit in the one spot on the power play for the last 15 years and have these passers put him, put just, saucers right on his plate and he's able to just rip shots nonstop and he's he's good at what he does you, you know line a couldn't do it stamkos couldn't do it we've seen like very talented players put in that same position and they couldn't do it throughout their career they had to move around teams adjust to them for whatever reason alex ovechkin has been able to do this consistently for his whole career so good for him kudos to him here's the, now, let's the comment just, just came through the only time John Scott has ever been quote unquote on the money is when he sits on his wallet. <laughs> That's pretty good. Which is not very often because I keep my wallet in my coat. So jokes on good you. To know. And to another know. thing, I don't carry cash. So there's that, you know. So I don't <laughs> I don't really sit on money. I got my identity stolen a couple weeks ago. Did you know that? No. Tell me. Just <clears throat> 
they took me for almost $10,000 on my credit card just took me to the cleaners. And so, and I think I helped them because I got a call from somebody. He's like, Hey, I work for your bank. Your, your account's been um, compromised. We need to shut down your account. We'll send you a new card in one to two business days. But in order to verify your identity, we need to send you a code and you need to tell us to code back. And I was like, and I'm talking to this guy. I'm like, this doesn't sound right. And I'm telling this guy these things. I'm like, I think you're scamming me right now. And I'm, t- I'm telling him, she's like, no, no, sir. I'm not scamming you. And I'm like, I think you're scamming Any me. accent? Any accent? That's the thing. I know a lot of them come from India because I've watched the shows and like they have big hacker networks there. No accent at all. But he was a man, which, which put my red flags were raised because I don't trust men <laughs> in general. And I was like, this guy is scamming me. It's just good common sense. It's good. good. Don't, don't trust a man. But if it was a woman, I'd be like, yeah, here, here's my life. Here's my social insurance number. So I'm like, don't scam me. You better not be doing this. And I was late to pick up the kids. So I wasn't, I wasn't there. And the code came through my phone. He told me my address. He told me my, well, he knew my phone number. He told me like different information. I'm like, well, he's got all this information. It must be legit. Gave him the code, went on my day. Three hours later, I get another call from my bank. They're like, hey, yeah, you're, you're, we want to verify some purchases. And I tell the lady, a woman, I said, yeah, I already did this three hours ago. What's going on? Is this just like a double layer of protection? And she's like, well, let's just verify your purchases. Uh, $1,000 at an Apple store, $1,200 at the I, um, Best, Best Buy store. Then it was like a Panera bread, another $1,000 at an Apple store. Another, Then it was like a gas station. And all told, it was like almost $10,000. So what uh-huh. I think happened, he got that first verification to just say, yes, this is me. I can do this. And he just went to town. And three hours later, he just racked up a ton of money spent on my card. So they scammers, man, dirt bags. So are you on the hook for that money or no, no, no. They, they, they cover it. I think, I don't know. (laughs) I don't don't check my, I don't check my statement very often. I know I have to pay my bill on the 13th of each month. So I, I, I jump in there, pay it and jump out. I got no time. I have no time to check all that stuff. It literally is just make sure I'm not an overdraft, pay, pay it off. And then on uh, away we go. You know what I mean, Tim? You don't know. You're probably on top of everything. This, you, I wish I could be like you. I really do. All right. Let's, let's just dig into the capitals just a little bit more. I want to touch on the Western conference more because there's more action going on there. Washington has been playing really good hockey as of late. They're seven and three in their last 10. They're, they're beating very good hockey teams. They're not just beating the pushovers. They're, they're winning some hockey games. Do you think Washington has a chance? Because right now they line up, they're going to play the Florida Panthers. Is there any chance Washington can take down the Florida Panthers in the first round of the playoffs? Uh, it's not zero. I mean, they beat Colorado last night. Yeah. Uh, but probably not. And, and it's funny because I actually, if the playoffs are, sh- or, you know, they still could shake out a little differently, but probably not. I would have liked their chances maybe against the Rangers or Carolina. There's a chance that they leapfrog Pittsburgh for that third spot in the Metro and they play one of those two teams. And if that's the case, I might pick the Capitals. But against Florida, no, I don't think so. Yeah, there's still some jockeying for positions, but. Yeah, I don't like Washington chances versus anybody. It's funny. The weakest team, I think, in this whole division is Carolina. Oddly enough. So that that's, gosh, this East is so strong. You know what else is strong, Tim? 
DoorDash. I love it. I love getting food from there. It's fantastic, especially after an Easter where you make so much food yourself. It's nice to just kick back, relax on a Monday, order some pizza, use DoorDash. They bring it right to your door, even in my door. And I live down a scary driveway with signs on the front that says, do not enter, do not trespass, please go away. I have lots of signs that say this. And they come up, they give me my food, they risk their lives, and they bring it hot. Turn around while you still can. Yeah, I, I literally have those signs because I just don't want people to come up my driveway. And DoorDash does. They trust me, and they're a good company. They will risk their lives to bring you your food. And if you order with our promo codes, if you're in Canada, GlovesDD. If you're in the U.S., GlovesDD U.S., you get 25% off free delivery. Check it out. All the apps, all the phones, all the tablets. DoorDash is everywhere. They're a juggernaut of a company. So check it out. Use DoorDash. Use our promo code GlovesDD if you're in Canada, GlovesDD U.S. if you're in the U.S. of A. Get some good deals. Get some good food. All right. Let's, Let's dig into the West, Tim. Let's first... Talk about what happened last night, because I I think this is the biggest story here. We did an episode on Friday with Pronger. We did an episode on Wednesday. We talked about the Vegas Golden Knights. We talked about how they they got the gang together. Murderers row. They have all their players ready, all their pieces in place. This is it. I predicted that they were going to sneak into the playoffs. The, the, the The table was set. All they had to do and go out was perform. They lost a squeaker to Vancouver. They write the ship. They have a game last night. They have to win. This is a game going in. You have to dominate this team. You play the New Jersey Devils. Now, the New Jersey Devils are a fun team to watch. Maybe. They have a a good young forward in Jack Hughes who's putting up a lot of points. Oh, wait, he's hurt. He's not playing. They have a goalie who's just been an all-star caliber goalie all season. Oh, no, it's the Hamburglar. They just picked him up a week ago from Montreal. He's been floundering around the last few seasons. The Devils are ripe for the picking. They have packed their bags to go home. They don't want to be here. This is a young team. It was a tough season. They have no business being in this game. The Vegas Golden Knights, like I said before, they have all of their guys. When McCrimmon got Jack Eichel, this is the lineup that he pictured. You have Eichel. You have Stone. You have Pacioretty. You have Carlson. Marcia Stowe. Dadunov is still there. Chandler Stevenson on the back end. You got Peter Angelo, Martinez, Theodore, McNabb. You have you have all of your assets, all of your all-stars, all of the guys are there. They're, they're prime. They're playing. They go out and play the New Jersey Devils, and they lay an absolute egg. Yes, they put up a lot of shots. They got 44 shots. Yes, the Hamburglar played well. It was fun. They, they laid an absolute egg. And the one guy who they brought in that was going to be the game changer, it was going to put them over the top. He was, when he came into the league, he brazenly said that he was better than Connor McDavid. When there was that debate, who's, who's going to go first? McDavid, Eichel, Eichel's USA, or Eichel's, Eichel's from USA, McDavid's from Canada. There was this big rivalry. Eichel's coming from the college ranks where he was, I think, the first guy in a long time to win the Hobie Baker as a freshman. McDavid had all the accolades in the OHL with the Erie Otters. Eichel made some comments where I think they should pick me first. I'm better than McDavid. Rightfully so. He should have that confidence in himself. The, the Golden Knights get him. This is this is the piece. They're gonna they're gonna push him past the Colorado Avalanche. They're gonna win the Stanley Cup. He must have had an epic game last night, Tim. Can you read me Jack Eichel's stat line from last night? The most important game of the Vegas Golden Knights season to date. A game they have to win. What was his stat line? Must win game against a bad, bad, bad team. Jack Eichel last night zero goals, but he also had zero assists, no points, no quality shots. No penalty minutes, no blocks, zero hits. 
zero takeaways, zero scoring chances, and he played. He must have only played like a couple of minutes, right? With those numbers, you would think. Yeah, no, he played twenty minutes with everything on the line against a horrible team, and did absolutely diddly squat. You have to go out of your way to be that bad. And it's not like he's playing with their fourth liners, Keegan Colasar and Jack Lesaishan. He's playing with Mark Stone and Jonathan Marshall You have to actively go out of your way to not pick up a shot, to not bump into the guy to get a hit, to not do anything, a giveaway, a takeaway, nothing, nothing. I don't think I've ever been in a game where I've played at least two minutes where I haven't gotten anything, not even a takeaway. Or a giveaway, or a hit, or anything, a shot at t- nothing. That's that is quite possibly the most remarkable stat we'll see all season long. I defy you to go find someone who's played 20 minutes in the game who has done less than Jack Eichel did last night in their most important game of the season. It speaks volumes to me of Jack Eichel. He should be so fired up, wanting to prove everybody wrong, sneak into the playoffs. The opportunity is there, the standings are ripe. L.A. has been playing good hockey. Dallas has been faltering a little bit. You win this game. You're sitting at 89 points, one point behind Los Angeles, same amount of games left, and you go and lay an egg. Now, when you look at the Western Conference standings, Vegas is all but out of it. I'm sorry. They have five games left. They're three points behind L.A. That's a lot of room to make up. And don't look now, but the Vancouver Canucks, a team that is just so... They're so hit or miss, Tim. It's so frustrating to watch these Canucks. They go on these massive swings where they win 10, then they lose five in a row, then they win another four, then they lose six, and now they're on a six-game winning streak, and all of a sudden they're one of the best teams in hockey, and they're right there in the playoff picture again. Looking at these teams, let's just say, for, for argument's sake, the Central's wrapped up. We know that. The Pacific, I would say Calgary and Edmonton are locked. The Wild Card's wrapped up with Nashville and Dallas. There are three teams vying for one position, the third spot in the Pacific Division, the honor to play the Edmonton Oilers. Out of L.A., Vegas, and Vancouver, which team do you think has the best odds to make the, the playoffs right now? Right now, LA, L.A. has the spot. Vancouver, oddly enough, is a game in hand. They're sitting at 86 points. So say they win that game, they're sitting at 88 points. Each team has five games left. It goes L.A. with 90, Vancouver with 88, Vegas with 87. If they were all to tie, Vegas was win the, would win the tiebreaker because they have the most regulation wins. Who's going to make the playoffs, Tim, out of those three teams? I mean, if I have to choose, it's probably LA. Just like they're in the spot. they The, the numbers are working in their favor. But like you said, they have been faltering lately. 4-5-1 in their last 10. Meanwhile, Vancouver's been on a winning streak. They've won six in a row. Vegas, they lost a couple, but they're still six, three, and one in their last ten. Like this is a team that's that's trending in the right direction. So I, I'm still going to pick LA, but I guess it also depends on who these teams are playing down the stretch. Do you have any sense of that in front of you? I do. So the Kings definitely have the easiest schedule. They play Anaheim twice. They play the Kraken once, and the big game is they play the Canucks at the end of the season. But they also play the Chicago Blackhawks. So they're playing five teams that are outside of the playoffs looking in right now four teams that have been eliminated. So they obviously have the edge there, but the last time they played the Kraken, they got shelled six to one. So who knows which LA team is going to show up. It's going to be interesting that last game of the season for them, when they play the Vancouver Canucks on April 28th 
If there is anything on the line, how fun is that going to be? It's going to be a win and go home or when you're in lose, you go home. I think that's going to be interesting. I like the Kings too, just based on their schedule. I think the Vancouver Canucks team are going to sneak in. I hope they do. I think it's Vancouver just based on the fact they're playing great hockey. Thatcher Demko should be a Vesna candidate. He's having a great season. He's been so good this year. No one really talks about him just because when people think of Vancouver, they think of just futility. Pedersen has been playing. They have all these stars. They brought in Oliver Ekman Larson. They have all these other top high-end defensemen. And they just haven't been playing to their potential. The one guy, and I, I'll, I'll shoehorn JT Miller in. The two guys who have played good all season long for the Vancouver Canucks, JT Miller and Thatcher Demko. These two guys lights out all season long. But when you look at Vancouver's schedule, they got a tough, tough road ahead. They play the Senators. That should be a winnable game. Then they play the Wild. Then they play the Flames. Those are two tough games. They need to come out with three points at least out of those two games. And they play the Kraken. That's a winnable game. The big game is the Kings. That's the game on the calendar. Everyone's going to circle. Then they finish up with the Oilers. Hopefully the Oilers will be resting players at that point. If you're the Vancouver Canucks getting ready for the playoffs, they're going to sit hopefully Dreinsidel, McDavid. So that should be another winnable game. But based on this schedule, based on who they play, based on how the teams are playing, I like Vancouver. I really, really do. So that game you mentioned is game 82 for the Kings, game 81 for Vancouver, right? Yeah. And you think that is going, the winner of that will most likely be the one who moves into that third spot in the Pacific and comes I, to the playoff spot. I do. Looking at the Golden Knights, they've been playing terrible hockey of late. They had two big games versus the Canucks. They played the Canucks three times in four nights. They played them eight, well, not four nights, three times in one week. They played on April 3rd, April 6th, April 12th. They needed to sweep all those games. They went one and two. They beat them on the first game. They lost to them on Wednesday, April 6th. And they lost to them on Tuesday, April 12th. That was a massive swing in the division. If they pick up five or six points or four or six points in, that, in those three games, they're flying. And the game they won on April 3rd, they won in overtime. So Vancouver picked up five or six points in those three games. That was, that's a huge swing when you're, when you're vying for the playoffs. It started there, and they go in, they lose to the Oilers, they lose to the Devils. Now they play, they play the Washington Capitals, they play the Dallas Stars, they play the St. Louis Blues to finish up. Those are three teams that are vying for something. The Washington Capitals need points right now. They don't want to play the Florida Panthers, so they're going to be flying. They're going to be given everything they have. The Dallas Stars are do or die themselves. They want to make the playoffs. Then they play the St. Louis Blues, who can't lose. St. Louis Blues is... They are arguably the best team in the NHL right now, and no one's talking about them. They are on absolute fire, and we'll touch on them in a little bit. But just based on the remaining schedule, there's no way the Golden Knights, well, there is a way. There's always a way. But they're not going to make the playoffs. And I know they've had injuries. I know they've had a tough season. But boy, oh boy, what are you going to do with this team moving forward, Tim? The core of your team is 30 years plus. When you look at all the contracts, Peter Rangelo, Martinez, Braden McDab is above 30. They got Jonathan Marshall's 31. You got Match Pacioretty, who's 33. Stone's turning 30. Carlson's turning 30. Dadanov's 33. What do you do with this team? This was your year. This was your year to make it. Going forward, you're going to have guys you have to sign to bring back. You have a lot of restricted free agents. But then you're saddled with massive contracts with guys who are on the wrong side of 30, who are coming off major injuries, who just didn't make the playoffs in arguably the worst division in hockey. Not arguably. The Pacific is the worst division in hockey. I'm sorry. So whoever whoever's out there, you 10, 15 people who keep tweeting at me saying, oh, the Pacific's really good. Wait to the playoffs. 
I wish we did crossover playoffs because if you did that and the East played the West in the first round, like you played one East, eight West, two East, seven West, I bet you. Let's do that right now. One East, eight West. So the one in the East is who, Tim? It's Florida. They play Dallas. Who's winning that? Uh, who's winning that? Florida. The two in the East is Carolina. They're playing Nashville. Who's winning that? Carolina. The three in the East is Toronto. They're playing six. That is LA. Who's winning that? Toronto, Toronto. LA. The four in the East is, let's see, it's the New York Rangers. So they're playing the four in the West, which turns out to be Edmonton. So it's Edmonton versus Tampa Bay. Who wins that? Or no, Edmonton versus the Rangers. Who wins that? Wait, isn't it five in the West? Whatever. Edmonton versus Tampa Bay. Tampa. All right. Now we go to, or sorry, Edmonton Rangers. I mixed that up. Edmonton Rangers. Who wins that? Rangers. Now we go Tampa Bay. They play Minnesota. Tampa Bay, Minnesota. Uh, close Tampa. So you got Tampa Bay versus Minnesota. Now we're going to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh versus St. Louis. Who do you take? Pittsburgh or St. Louis? Ooh, that's a good one. I will probably go St. Louis there. Okay, now we're going Boston versus Calgary. Oh, that's a good one, too. Uh, maybe slight edge to Calgary. Now you're going Washington, Colorado. Colorado. Even though Washington beat them 3-2 last night. Yeah, one game. So you're taking three Western Conference teams, five Eastern Conference teams, but the three Eastern Conference or Western Conference wins, it's going to be a hard-fought battle. You're beating out Washington. You're beating out Boston. You're beating out Pittsburgh. Those, those are going to be tough outs. You could totally see it where the Eastern Conference win, wins all eight series. I don't know where I, where I came here from, but I was just it's just amazing how bad the Western Conference is. So everybody who's just complaining about me saying the Western Conference is bad, they are. They are, and I, and I think you will see that. The only benefit to this – Calgary or Colorado will have an easy road to the Stanley Cup Finals. And I think you'll see that the Eastern teams are going to beat themselves up. They're going to be all six-game series, seven-game series, and it wears on you. I know when I was with the Rangers, I know I didn't play any of the games. Their first two series were seven-game playoff wins. We beat Washington. We beat Ottawa. They were just knuckle-dragging gloves off, just wars with those teams. Ottawa had Chris Neal. They had all these the heavy hitters. Washington was just, they were a good team. Then we ran into the New Jersey Devils. We were the better team. We had the more more, more talent. We had a better, uh, the goaltenders were awash. It was Lundqvist versus Brodeur. We should have won that game. We should have won that series, but we were just so tired, so worn out from two series that went seven games that we just didn't have any anything in the gas tank anymore. And New Jersey had had easier first and second round series, and they won. They go on to play LA and just get smoked four games. So I do think that'll be a benefit to the Western Conference teams, Calgary and Colorado, just because I think they will have a much easier road to the Stanley Cup Finals than any of these teams in the East. Well, I don't know who's going to come out of the East. It's, it is going to be a crapshoot. All these teams are so incredibly good. I don't either. I don't either. And I think... I think we're going to see some big upsets that no one will see coming. I think it's just no way around that. I think, I don't know. Can Washington beat Florida? Can, yeah, I think any team in the East will be able to beat any other team. I, uh, we'll, we'll dig into this another time. Let's let's move on to some power rankings, Tim. There's been a lot that's happened. I mentioned before, St. Louis has been an absolute heater 
Colorado themselves was on an absolute heater until they got beat by Washington last night. So I'll start it off. My number one team in the whole NHL, a team that I think is just, I don't think anybody can beat this team. I've said it before. I'll say it again. What they did at the deadline, it's not that they added players to make themselves better, which they did. They took those players off the market. When you get a Ben Sherratt, when you get a Claude Giroux, you're making your team a little bit better. The bigger impact is you're not letting Colorado get those teams, those players. You're not getting Tr- Toronto get those players. You're not letting the Rangers get that player. Florida, to me, is the best team in the NHL right now. They've won, a, they've won 10 in a row. 10 in a row, Tim. Not even an overtime win. Not even a shootout win. They've won 10 games in a row. They're on absolute fire. I think Florida is my number one team. My number two is the St. Louis Blues. I would not be surprised if they come out of the West. The way they've been playing, the way they're structured, the fact that they have Jordan Bennington sitting on the bench and this rookie who is, I think, 26 years old, so he's not exactly a rookie. He's playing lights out, Billy Hustle. They have a good team, a good system. They quietly put together one of the best defensive cores in the whole NHL. When they bring in Tory Krug and you have Justin Falk and you have... Colton Perenko and Marco Scandella, it's a dangerous top six. Tori Krug is their five six pairing right now with Robert Bortuzzo. Isn't that bizarre? That to me, that is insane. Tori Krug would be a one A option on every single team, but when you look at the way their team's made up, Scandella and Perenko are their shutdown defensemen. Kale Rosen and Justin Falk are the guys that move the puck. They get up and down the ice. Then you throw Tori Krug and Robert Bortuzzo out there. They have a very, very good team, and their forward lines are so balanced. you got Tarasenko, Buchnevis, and Thomas. Robert Thomas is having a pretty dang good season for them. He has really stepped up into that. I wouldn't even call him a 1A centerman because you got Ryan O'Reilly right behind him with Brandon Saad and David Perron. They really do have three solid lines that could be a very good first line on any other team. When you got Braden Shen, Ivan Barbashev, and Jordan Cairo, who just is a burner. That guy's a fun player to watch. So St. Louis is my number two team. And you know, number three, it could be Colorado, it could be Toronto, it could be the Rangers, it could be Calgary, it could be Minnesota. There's a lot of good teams out there. I'm just going to go with Colorado just based on their recent history. They've been playing good hockey. They lost last night to Washington, but before that, they were 10 and 0, just like Florida Panthers were. They are going to be tough to beat in the Western Conference. I know Calgary is right there, but gosh, Colorado has. Just, They've set themselves apart in the Western Conference. We'll see how playoffs, things change in the playoffs. Everything's changed. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be upsets. There'll be things that maybe you don't notice in the regular season that become glaring weaknesses in the playoffs when a team has a time to prepare and really go after your one weakness. Maybe Colorado Avalanche, they don't have the depth like we talked with. We said they did. They don't have a good 5-6 defense pairing. Maybe Samuel Gerard comes back and he's just shaky. He's turning the puck over like he always does. So we'll see how that shakes up. But right now, Colorado's my third team. St. Louis is my second team. And Florida, Florida is just so good team. I, I, don't, I don't think anybody can touch Florida right now at this point. They're playing so good. Who do you got? Uh, very similar list. Florida is my number one. They're, they've won 10 in a row, like you said. They're plus 99. They're about to be over 100 goals in differential by the time the season's over. Probably by wow. the next time episode, we record an episode. It's just, I don't remember the offhand the last time that's happened. I don't think it happens every year. So pretty special what they're doing. Um, number two, Colorado, you know, they're ahead of them in the standings, but they played an extra game and they're just a, a silly, dangerous team. I go down the list. It's funny that if you look at the, you sort across the whole league and Tampa Bay is number nine, and they're still the team that no one wants to play. They're still an easy, like, oh yeah, they could probably be a cup favorite. Um, but for my third team, I'm actually going to go with Toronto. 
I'm drinking the Kool-Aid right now. They've won three in a row. They're eight, one and one in their last 10. They look really, really good. We don't know what they're going to do in the playoffs. Something tells me they're going to win a playoff series this year. Um, again, it depends on how the matchup shake out right now. They get, they got Tampa. So that's, a, that's a tough one to swallow, but Toronto's looking really good. And they're my third best team right now. All right. That's not bad. I, I'm not buying Toronto. I'm really not. The East is too tough. It really is. Gosh, I wish I was still playing. That'd be fun. All right, let's let's do the bottom three. It's a tale of futility. I'm going to mention a couple of my former teams. The San Jose Sharks, they haven't won a game in the last two months. They, they've been just brutal. I'm sorry. They, they you know, got it to overtime a couple of times. They went to a shootout a couple of times, but they have not had a win in over a month. It's just been depressing for San Jose. They, they are my third worst team. So they're sitting in the 30th position. Another former team, the Chicago Blackhawks. It's just, it's brutal. It's just depressing. I don't know what else to say if you're if you're a Chicago fan, if you're a Chicago player, if you're a Chicago management guy. They need to blow this team up. They need to blow it up quick. They they swung for the fences this offseason. They brought in Marc-Andre Fleury. They traded for Seth Jones. They wanted to go all in one more time to kind of maybe give Patrick Kane another run, this core. I think you get rid of DeBrinket. I think you get rid of Kane if you can. I think you try to shop Taves. You just restart everything. You build around Kirby Doc, and you just go from there. That That's what I think they should do. But uh, do they have the chutzpah to do it? I don't know. Montreal Canadiens are my worst team in the league right now. It was, it was cute. Well, it's, well, it was. You know, they, they get Mark under uh, – What's his name? Martin St. Louis. Martin. They bring Martin in. It was a good start. The early results were really, really good. They've lost five in a row. They're just, Carey Price comes back. That was a good story. He loses his first game. Probably going to lose the rest of the games he starts. They're hoping he, he performs well and they can trade him. That's why they're doing this. They want, they want to get him on the ice, give him some time. They would love to get out from under Carey Price's contract he is not the goalie that he was when they signed him to this deal. He is a shell of his former self. He's dealing with personal issues, injury issues. He's a mess. He's a hot mess, and they would love to get rid of him. I don't think they will be able to, so they're going to be saddled with him for a long time. They're my worst team in the league right now. The only reason is Arizona's playing bad hockey. Did you see Arizona's new rink, by the way? They released pictures of the ASU stadium. Yep. It's, it's going to be embarrassing to the NHL. I wanted to touch on this, and let's touch on it a little bit. It's a 5,000-seat arena, which is small even for a college rink. It has a big ASU logo in the middle of the ice. So the Arizona Coyotes, unless they switch it out every single game, are going to be playing home ice games in a rink where they don't have any markings on the whole rink. And if they do, they're relegated to second-tier status because that is an Arizona State University rink. All the markings on the ice will be ASU. All the banners outside the rink will be ASU. All the markings in the concourse will be ASU. And then there'll be Arizona Coyotes stuff sprinkled in. It is absolutely embarrassing. And did you look at the schedule for the Arizona State University? Nope. Every weekend they have games. They get all the primetime games. So the Arizona Coyotes, a National Hockey League team, a professional sports team, there's only 32 of them. They are playing second fiddle to a college team that was just, they're only five years old, Arizona State Sun Devils. They're not an old team. They're not like the storied franchise in the NCAA collegiate ranks. It's not like they're the Boston universities of NCAA. They're five years old. 
if not less, they might even be four. And they get all the primetime games. They get all the weekends, Saturday, Friday, Saturday. So if you're an Arizona Coyotes player, you get you better get used to playing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's that's going to be your better butter at home. Maybe and when Arizona goes on the road, you can have a Friday game. Good for you. But it's not because you you chose that date. It's because Arizona said, well, we have to play some road games at some point. Well, how long does it take ice to recover before it's NHL ready again, too? They're going to be playing some crappy ice, right? Well, yeah, it's a concern. No, I don't think that's much of a concern. In Arizona, it's always crappy. It's, it's just bad ice. That's, that's what you get in Arizona. The concern is, I, I heard a player from Arizona say, we won't be able to fill this rink and there's 5,000 seats in it. That would be so embarrassing. They just played the New Jersey Devils in Arizona this past week. The announced crowd was 8,700, 9,000 people. They took a screenshot, a picture of the crowd. There must have been 400 people at the game. <clears throat> Not even kidding you. <laughs> it was embarrassing. It was absolutely embarrassing. And they want to move forward with the rink in Tempe or Phoenix for this team. Are you nuts? Like Gary Bettman needs to just swallow his pride, cut bait, move this team to a city that they can be successful in. It's absolutely embarrassing that they're still there. They don't have the support. The city doesn't want them there. There's, there's no local leadership. There's no, the mayor, nobody wants the coyotes in Arizona. The players don't want to play there. It's just a train wreck. I was embarrassed when I was in Arizona and we would have teams come in and there would be seven, eight, 9,000 people there. I would say a good three quarters to 80% of the fans were the other team. So it became a mm. destination for fans to go and watch your team, whether it was Chicago, Toronto, Washington, New York, every team that came in all those snowbirds or whatever, they would go to Arizona, have a nice winter vacation, catch a game, and so we would be getting booed on home ice. The other team would score and the rink would erupt. It was embarrassing. And that's when we were good. When I was there, we were really good. We were second in the Pacific and we had no division competing. And uh, the fact that it's still there, it's just a testament to how stubborn Gary Bettman is. And he won't just swallow his pride and say, you know what? I made a mistake. He's trying to put a circle, pe- circle peg in a square hole. doesn't work, Gary, you dumb, dumb. So yes, Montreal is my last place team just because Arizona has no business being in the NHL. They are not an NHL team at this point. They're going to trade their best player in the offseason for some odd reason. No one knows why. It's because they're just, you go to Arizona and they dismantle your brain for some reason and you just make stupid decisions. Chris Pronger said it. He's He got traded to Arizona when he was, ah, whatever. All right, Sam, who are your bottom three? Let's get out of here. Yeah, Arizona is certainly there. Um, I'm going to put Philadelphia uh, as my second worst. They've lost five in a row. This is... They were just a bad, bad, bad team. They're directionless. There was a, there was a quote over the weekend where um, Noah Cates, who is a high prospect of theirs, just started playing with them after, after the NCAA season ended. And he commented a month about how uh, this is the guy who he played like the World Juniors. He played an NCAA championship. And he talked about how there's like not a winning culture in that locker room. And for like, you know, a 20 year old kid to say something like that is, is pretty wow. striking. So this is a team that's that's got no direction, I think. Um, and then the, the third one is Montreal. And it's funny, too, because Philly and Montreal, both teams that a lot of people would have put in the playoffs, certainly Montreal, you know, Stanley Cup finals last year. And Philly was a team that we thought was going to be on the up and up with the, the Yando and the Risto and the Atkinson and all these moves they made. And none of them will work out. So those are my bottom three. But <laughs> there's a lot of bad teams in the league right now. There are. It's a tale of uh, the rich and the poor. 
the the parity is not there in the NHL right now. There's there's definitely two tiers of teams. There's ten, maybe eleven teams that are really good, and then there's twenty one teams that are just have no business no business calling themselves an NHL team at this point. They're just really really bad. All right, Tim. There's some good games tonight. There's a lot on the line. There's five games, six games left for every team in the NHL. This is crunch time. Who are we going to take? Let, let's go right to the games that mean something. I want you to handicap. We got the Canucks versus the Senators. We got the Ducks versus the Kings. We got the Flames and Predators. Let's do those three games because the Predators need to win. The Canucks need to win. And the Kings desperately need to win. Everybody wants to know what your thoughts are on these games. Everybody. Vegas is listening. Whatever you say, it moves the needle in Vegas. It's a dramatic pick. So let's make it right, Tim. These three games, who do you have? Let's start with the Flames and the Predators. Big game for the Predators. Lay it on us, Tim. I think Calgary's got this one. They're favorited. Minus 136. I think they'll win. All right. You heard it here first. The Flames are going to take it versus the Predators. Let's, now let's go to the Western Conference. Wild card. Not wild card. The third seed in the Pacific Division. We we. Spend some time on this, this episode. Canucks versus the Senators. This should be a no-brainer. Or is it? No, it is. Canucks. Yep, they're going to win this one. All right. I love your analysis. Now, the Kings versus the Ducks. (laughs) Who do we have versus this? The Ducks are out of it. The Kings desperately need to get back on the winning track. Who do you got? Go, Tim. Yeah, the Kings, they've been sliding a little bit lately, 4-5-1 and one in their last 10. They did win their last game. I think they're going to win again tonight. Um, I think they're going to start feeling the pressure. I don't know that they're going to be the ones that, that end up in this spot, but they're going to make it interesting. They're going to win tonight against the Ducks. I'm going to take the Ducks. I, I agree with you on the first two. I'm taking the Ducks. I think the Kings just don't have it. I don't think they have it in them. I want the Ducks to win. I want there to be a very dramatic finish. I want that Canucks-Kings game at the end of the year to mean something. They're tied Winners in, losers out. It's going to be epic. So I'm taking the Ducks. I like your other two picks. Check it out. Go to points bet. Tell them we sent you by just doing absolutely nothing. We don't have a promo code there. It's beautiful. I love this type of ad. So go to points bet. Bet these three teams. Win yourself some money. Check back in with us on Friday. We're going to do a Friday show. I got to go out of town this week, Tim. Going to Ann Arbor. So Good for you. We'll, Where? We'll Why? Uh, just doing a little talk there, you know, motivating the kids. You know how I like to do it. All right, everybody. Have a good Tuesday. Hope you had a good weekend. We'll talk to you guys on Friday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.